segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is your show all about real estate buying, selling, holding, investing, whatever you want to do. We're going to talk about it here on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. Uh, and you can give us a call anytime on off-air number. Save this, jot it down, put it in your cell phone, 401-217-2333. That's our off-air number. You can reach us there, leave a message, and we'll get back to you uh, on any questions you have regarding real estate or any services that you may be looking for. So um, we've got on with us today, Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. Now, Matt is a top producing loan officer here in Rhode Island, licensed in Massachusetts, and his company handles all 50 states uh, here in the United States. They're fantastic. And actually the top um, condo lender that, that we use, you know, they're, they're really great with condos. Condos can be pretty tough to, uh, to do. So without further ado, Matt, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, a couple of uh, new announcements. I uh, got uh, licensed, uh, recently licensed in Connecticut. So I've uh, expanded my licensing to uh, that great state. Uh, looking forward to helping everybody out in Connecticut. Still working on uh, Florida, uh, getting getting that done, uh, wrapped up by, hopefully by the end of the month. So that should be another addition to that. And uh, yeah, condos, man. I think our first deal together was a condo. I think I, 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 I'm trying to remember exactly, but if I would put my put my uh, my uh, my memory hat on. I think it was, I think it was a condo that in Johnston. Yeah, I think that's what got 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 the wheels turning. So um, so yeah, they're they're super important and uh, yeah, um, we're we do a really great job with them. So condos are a complete different animal than single family homes. And when I remember being a newer agent, um, you know, actually we started working together a long time ago, Matt and. I remember being a newer agent jumping into condos, just thinking like, oh my God, like what the heck is a resale, sir? What is, what are, what are reserves? What are, you know, what's this, what's that? I mean, I tell, we tell our clients that are looking to buy condos, like, look, you have to work with a company that you work with whoever you want, but you really should work with a company that is well-versed in condos. So why is, what does movement mortgage do differently in the process when you're working on purchasing a condo than say, you know, some other banks? So uh, the major thing is we have a passion for it. So we take it extremely important. I mean, condo living is becoming more and more and more popular because the population is increasing. The, the need for inventory is increasing. So they're converting a lot of older buildings and mills and things like that into condos. Uh, they know how to use uh, condos utilize the same space that you would build a, a housing neighborhood in but they can uh, pump in more units and more living space with a condo so you see more and more new construction condos going up to be able to uh to, to you know meet the demand for housing so with us and us being a purchase money lender we really need to be on the cutting edge on being able to get condo purchasing done now, the main thing is, is that uh, 
uh, condos are governed by an association, whether they're self-managed or they have contracted out with a property management company. And you pay your HOA fee to be able to uh, contribute towards the management, um, you know, expenses of it, making sure the insurance is good, uh, common properties, uh, common elements like pools and tennis courts and basketball things that are normally in condos are all well maintained and taken care of, and making sure that you know when 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 uh, when they need to uh, update a crosswalk or uh, uh, pay uh, pay a landscaper or snow removal. There's enough funds in there to do that, uh, depending on you know how severe the weather is or how um, whether the the sidewalk is and needs to be repaired. So you know condos, you're, when you're using mortgage money to purchase a condo, you might be a very very well qualified buyer that can have no problem borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars. But what are we what are you spending your money on? We really got to have to take a look at how that condo specifically to that to that condo complex is being ran. And, um, you know, a lot of lenders have a difficult time getting through that process or they find it to be incredibly risky. Um, so therefore, you know, with non-warrantable condos and um, condos that are a part of commercial units like uh, storefronts at the bottom and condos up top. Yep. So, you know, th these are all just examples where uh, residential lenders get jammed up with. Uh, approving condos, whereas movement mortgage being a correspondent lender and having a passion to be really great at condos and doing a bulk of our business overall in the condo market. Um, we've developed relationships with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA and VA. So that way we know exactly what the guidelines are requiring in order for us to fund those loans. And then we also have investors in different um, uh, and. Uh, banking in, in the banking industry, uh, mortgage industry, we have investors that back us. So yeah. if, if the condo doesn't fall in traditional, the traditional hole of, you know, pocket of a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA loan, then we can, we can start to look at, you know, is there an opportunity with an investor that, um, you know, can do a non-warrantable non condo. And with that, we've built this massive back-end support system to the loan officer along with the companies educated me, I've learned so much about how to effectively do condos. Yeah. The biggest thing you know, out there, if you're purchasing a condo, is making sure that the lender is an approved financer of the condo complex. Can your pre-approval, the lender that gave you your pre-approval close on a condo in there, no matter what, like, can they get the deal done? And that's information that it can be taken care of right off, right off the bat. I mean, um, you know, with us and the way that we work, um, you know, in our day to day is that, you know, as a listing agent, it's, you should have, you should have the wherewithal to go that extra length with your preferred condo lender and say, hey, I got this condo coming up. W would you mind taking a look at it to see what financing options you have, just in case another buyer comes in with a bank that can't close, we have a backup option. So, you know, for the real estate agents out there that are listening, um, people that are buying condos, investors and things like that, you know, you can get real uh, aggressive in the condo market if you do it correctly. And you can mitigate your risk about like what, where you spend your money and what you make your offers on, you know. Um, you know, Matt, that's, that's really interesting. And you said um, a key word, non-warrantable condo. And I want our listeners to know about non-warrantable condos because they may be living in them or they may have to sell one. They may know what it is. They may not, um, or they may be looking to buy one. 
we've done a number of non-warrantable condos and um, <clears throat> I'd love to hear your definition of it in a second, but these are not easy to finance because they're usually a limited number of condos or they just fall under certain, um, they just fall under the guidelines needed to be able to get financing. So Matt, can you tell us a little bit about, um, and by the way, we're on the line with Matt Bates with uh, Movement Mortgage. They specialize in condo financing in addition to single family home and multifamily home as well. But um, in rimortgageguy.com, check them out, get your pre-approval done there. But Matt, so can you let us know what, what is exactly a non-warrantable condo? So a non-warrantable condo is a condo that meets um, uh, certain, doesn't meet certain guidelines dictated by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and therefore they are um, outside the risk, the, 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 the normal risk layer that we have set up for these. So for instance, what would be a non-warrantable condo is, um, you know, if the association doesn't have enough insurance coverage or doesn't have enough reserves, their budget is off. Um, sometimes there's litigation that happens where, you know, there's work that's performed at the condo complex, but somebody wasn't paid properly, mm. uh, maybe an injury somewhere, um, you know, a uh, previous homeowner suing for something. I mean, when you get into this, these, these condos in the homeowners association, there's a lot it's very complex and there's a lot that can throw off the non-warrantable, um, you know, category. Another big example is uh, like investor saturation. So let's say a, a major developer buys a mill and they renovate the whole mill and they build it out into, you know, a hundred units, but they own all hundred units and they start to sell off some, you know, to individual people, but they maintain the majority or the percentage of the ownership of all the condos. That's called investor saturation. And um, mortgage lenders have an, a big issue with that because that investor could, has direct uh, ability to uh, change the market value of the house. So what happens if that company doesn't maintain 70% of the units that are in that condo complex and now the values to diminish right off the bat just because of one one controlling power you know that's just one of the reasons why it's a risky thing to take a look at um but you know uh, one of the prime examples for that is the 903 so the 903 is a is a as a condo complex here in rhode island that's uh, a very nice place it's gorgeous i mean it has all the amenities it's right in downtown providence so it's a very attractive condo complex for you know people to want to move in there and, and, and be, uh, be easy living a little bit. So um, with that, it, a lot of mortgage lenders, like almost all of my competitors have a really difficult time lending in that condo complex and we're the preferred lender in there because of how we um, communicate with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and understanding their guidelines. And we figured out the way that what's necessary in order to pre-approve a person that's going to purchase to live in there. And, um, and it, you know, that's what it takes. It, sometimes it just takes that extra mile. Like how do we get this done? And some, some condo, some mortgage companies don't want to be bothered with them because there's so much other business out there. So they don't want to allocate their resources and their operation staff and their departments to be able to figure out something like that, because they just rather uh, assign that to some, you know, a, a, use those resources to help other people buy other types of properties. 
But with us, we did $2 billion in condo uh, financing last year. So that's bigger than some mortgage companies. Like they don't do 2 billion total. And we did it just in condos. And that's a really impressive number, but our goal is to get to 4 billion this year. So, you know, we're constantly uh, investing into our condo relationships and making sure that we're sharpening all, all our tools to be able to get deals like this done. So, um, you know, constantly I'm getting, uh, you know, rescue opportunities where uh, realtors went through different lenders and they didn't follow the proper process. And then the, in the 11th hour, they can't close because of a warrant, a non-warrantable condo issue or an HOA issue or a lender just can't close. And I call and, hey, Matt, fix it. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, that's what starts a great relationship. So that's how I, we started. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to those. <laughs> Back in the day, we were standing on the steps in East Greenwich in uh, the post office cafe, and I met young Matt Bates, and young Emilio Desperado was there, and Emilio just, I was like, wow, this is a great guy, I really like him, personable, and then we start talking, and he's like, dude, I know you got your lenders, it's all good, but anytime you need anything rescued, just give me a shot, that's all I'm asking, so gave the guy a shot, and years later, it's my go-to guy it's just yeah, like, there we go right yeah, a, you know it's a it's a great you know sometimes you know you got to test the waters in different areas and uh buyers you, you know use different lenders for what reason but you know one reason or another but um at the end of the day you really want to have somebody that's going to follow the right process and with with condos you it's really about the process to be able to get it done yes and we sir. really love educating uh, our referral partners about doing that because that's really what stop you from you know, get yourself into an 11th hour nightmare, you know? Heck yeah. Good stuff. Listen, if you want to learn more about the mortgage process and get a pre-approval that actually holds weight and push your offer, I believe, ahead of others, because, you know, the realtors know in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut, they know who is able to close deals, get things done. You're going to want to reach out to Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage, rimortgageguy.com. Again, rimortgageguy.com, covering Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and able to refer you to all 50 states. That's Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. Matt, thanks very much for being here with us, as always. Appreciate you, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Uh, looking forward to the warm weather coming in. Hope everybody's having a good Sunday, and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Hey, listen, stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with Ted Tapuzis. With Tapuzis and Associates, you need to talk about appraisals. This is actually a pretty big deal right now. We get a lot of buyers leaving appraisals, a lot of buyers saying they'll pay over appraisals. Matt, I know you're a busy guy. If you'd like to stay on, this is probably a perfect segment for you to jump in on. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here in two minutes with uh, with Ted Tapuzis, with Tapuzis and Associates. That means with back here, Disparity Team, Real Estate Show. Segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All right, thanks for joining us today on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. You know, I'm super excited here with you every single week because we get to talk with some of the top names in the industry about some things that are going on. And this is all present. It's good stuff. You can't find this stuff on Google. Really, this is the best place to hear it. 
Um, so on the line with us, we've got Matt Bates with Mortgage. Matt, if, you, uh, if, if you're curious of getting a pre-approval on your mortgage, you can go to rimortgageguy.com. And we've got on Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. And if you want to learn more about his company, you can go to taclosinglaw.com. Is that correct, Ted? That's the right one, That's right? That's right. Yeah, All thanks, Amelia. All right. Perfect. Perfect. You're welcome. Now, Ted specializes in real estate law specifically. That's why he's my go-to attorney here in real estate. He knows the ins and outs, and he's licensed here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and also Florida, and has connections all over the country. So whatever you need him and his office, they can help you out. So um, Matt, I'm glad you're here in on this with us because Ted and I were doing a lot of talking about offers that are coming in right now in this hot, hot market where people are either waiving appraisals or they're really switching up language that may leave them a little bit more exposed than they should, but they're winning offers. So Ted, I really want to hear your take. Our listeners want to hear your take. What do you suggest in regards to appraisal language on the purchase and sales? Mm. So, so of course, you know, this super hot uh, seller's market is, uh, is giving buyers um, a lot of grief, buyers and buyers agents, a lot of grief. And, and what they're trying to do is, is, um, uh, you know, get out of the pack and, and kind of set themselves apart and, you know, make, make their, um, their offer, the enticing offer that, that potentially is, is accepted by the seller. So one of the things among many things um, is, uh, is, you know, because we, we, I know last, um, you know, segment that we did, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, inspections and, uh, you know, we had a, a really good conversation about that. I think, uh, um, uh, you know, the other, the other point that, that, you know, you do see a lot is the um, is the appraisal, and um, and the question is whether or not to make the um, the purchase subject to an appraisal. And you know, there's 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 pros and cons, and I think the of course the uh, the savvy buyer, and and you know, you have to be careful with this. I think careful in terms of the buyer buyer's perspective and also the agent's perspective is like, um, you know, what do you get your party involved? in if you waive your rights to that that value well the difference is really i mean the 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 point is really um the the purchase price is a certain dollar amount and then the the pro the uh um, the lender will approve um your purchase based upon a loan amount which you've predetermined you know in preliminary discussions like matt you know with matt uh, you know or your lender and um and the question then is um, if I make my purchase not subject to the appraisal, what does that really mean? Well, it exposes you to the difference between what the lender or the lender's appraiser appraises that property out at and that purchase price. It doesn't add to the purchase price. It just really subtracts um, loan dollars from, you know, potentially loan dollars from your purchase. So, you know, you may, and, and it just depends, maybe your, your buyer has um, extra money, you know, you know, maybe it's a $5,000, $7,000 deficiency. In other words, the the property appraises are for five to $7,000 less. Well, if the buyer has those funds, great. Um, But um, if they don't, then it, it, it does create a situation because you've made this purchase uh, not subject to the property appraising out at or um, above the purchase price. 
So, um, you know, it's important to have that conversation with the buyer before, you know, this term is written into the purchase and sales agreement to determine, okay, this is what we're, we're doing to try to be, be competitive. And, um, and this is uh, what it could result in. I mean, lots of times these properties are praising out pretty close, right, Matt? I mean, you're, you're not seeing too, too many being pushed back at a lower um, uh, dollar value. But I did, I did just have one uh, yesterday where the property appraised out for $7,000 less. And so the question then was, okay, what do we do here? I mean, um, and, um, you know, of course, sellers don't want to hear it because they think, well, this, this market is so incredibly hot. Why would I even entertain, um, you know, uh, you know, a price reduction? You know, I'm not going to do that. And a, and a buyer, you know, um, you know, same token, why should I pay more? You know, why should I have to pay extra between the, the loan amount that's approved for and the, you know, so it really increases the cash to close, doesn't increase the purchase price. It's just, uh, you know, it's a conversation, unfortunately, we have to have these days. Um, you know, and I think there's a way to potentially limit that exposure uh, by saying, look, you know, the buyer's willing to um, pay, or the buyer should say the buyer is going to purchase the property, not subject to appraisal, but you could say something to the effect that the buyer is willing to, um, uh, come up with a, a difference to cover the appraisal deficiency by, you know, $5,000, by $7,000, by whatever the amount is that the buyer feels comfortable with. And so if it goes beyond that number, in other words, the appraisal comes in at, let's say, 10000 less, but you've had that language in there written up to, let's say, a $7,000 deficiency, well, then you can have that conversation and, and have a negotiation at that time. Uh, but at least you, it's not a... Uh, um, you know, it's not a limitless um, uh, um, uh, exception. So uh, I think that's an important consideration to discuss, um, you know, in both terms, uh, you know, if you're representing the seller or the buyer, you know, to see what that entails. You know, Ted, so I, I want to, I want to bring Matt in on something real quick. Um, you know, savvy listing age, uh, savvy buyers agents and savvy buyers know that, 95% of the time, the appraisal is going to come in before the mortgage uh, date, before the mortgage contingency date is up, okay? And they also know that they can extend this. So what I tell my buyers is, in many cases, is leave the appraisal language off of the purchase and sales agreement. Don't even get into that muck because if something happens where the home doesn't appraise, well, Technically, you're not really going to get that mortgage. You shouldn't get that mortgage because it's on different terms, right? So it's on different terms. Matt, do you agree with that or do you disagree with that? Well, um, you know, when we get into a really high competitive situation, all my buyers are, when they're in these situations, are coming back to me to uh, review, you know, how this affects the mortgage, uh, you know, and what, what's going to happen and what are the options and whatnot. Um, I tell all of my buyers that we hire an appraiser to give them, uh, to have them give us their opinion of value. And that's what it means is their opinion of value. They're a licensed um, and insured appraiser. So they're all legitimate, but not, not one, not all appraisers are going to have the same opinion. And the true value of di dictating the price of a house is what somebody's willing to buy it, buy it for. You know, are you willing to buy it for $400,000? And that's the person that is going to dictate what the value of this house is, because 
if you don't want to spend four hundred thousand dollars, regardless of everybody else's opinion, then then you know don't go to that length. And let's say that we have a disagreement on the opinion of value. There's a rebuttal process that you can go through to be able to get that that process up. Um, but you know, let's say it comes in seven grand short. Well, you know, let's talk about what that would look like if that happens. And do you have enough funds to close? Um, you know, but I would very, very high. Mo most of the time, I would um, advise clients to continue to purchase the house, even though an appraisal may come in short, depending on the range of deficiency. I mean, if we're talking tens of thousands of dollars, then we have a bigger issue because it might be way off. But, you know, if it's within, um, you know, five or 10 grand, my opinion is that it's still worth it because, you know, there was multiple other buyers on here that were probably all willing to pay the same reasonable uh, amount. And, you know, if we had another appraiser come in here, they might agree with us. So, yeah. you know, that one weeks. appraiser, yeah, that one appraiser is not, you know, Congress writing the, the laws of the land. Like they're just giving us their opinion as a licensed appraiser and their opinion may match. That might not match. We can have a conversation about it to get it fixed. But at the end of the day, the market is a true dictator of the price. And once mm -hmm. that house closes at that price, the other houses are all going to be, you know, all the comparables are going to increase in value as well. Yeah. So you're not going to, most of the time, you're not going to have an issue like in the long run, unless you're overpaying for a house that's, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 undervalued. I mean, that's a different conversation to have, but when you're five, 10, 15, you know, it, you know, be prepared for it and have the conversation with the lender because if there's still a way to get it done, um, but don't, don't, don't uh, be quick to pull out of the deal for that because uh, you know, it's not, it's still in my eyes, not a terrible um, decision to continue to purchase that house. Like that's mm. you know, let's, let's stay on track here. So, you know, yeah, a lot of times the language in a purchase and sales agreement with an offer uh, regarding a, a deficient appraisal, it's like already hoping for the worst. Like, why are we preparing for the worst? We, you know, we're, we're, I mean, you always prepare for the worst, like just so you're prepared. But like, you know, what's the intention here? Are we going to try to get this appraiser to get, you know, how about we talk about why this house would appraise for 400 versus 390 and make sure we're doing our comps and our homework so that way we can help be uh, informative with the data. That's, you know, that, that's the, that's the, 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 the angle that I take on it. Um, and, you know, sometimes you, if you really love the house, we can get super aggressive. So make sure that love, I also tell buyers, make sure the love is a, is a, is a, is a descriptive word for this house when you talk about it, because it's not worth it unless you love it. That's for sure. And, and to, Go ahead. I was going to say, um, sorry about that. Amelia. To Matt's point. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what, what, you know, the, the real conversation is going to be like, uh, you know, yeah, so you might pay a little bit more for that purchase. Um, but is that going to be so out of whack with um, the rest of the, the homes in this community to the point where you feel like, oh, my God, I probably paid too much money for this, this house? Probably not, um, you know, because I guess the, the, the it's, it depends on the on the intentions behind purchasing the property. If the intention behind purchasing the property was a, a short term thing, you know, a flip, um, then maybe that is a consideration, you know, that that you should weigh, you know, a little bit more seriously. But if it's a single family home that you intend to occupy as your primary residence, um, or you know, just it doesn't have to be a single family, but just any 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 home I, I, intending to be 
a primary residence, then you know you need a place to live. And, uh, and whether it's a little bit more than what, you know, uh, you know the, the market bears at the moment, um, shouldn't be a, a drastic uh, a factor in deciding whether or not you, you should proceed. Yeah. yeah, and I also, you know, tell everybody there's not, there's no promise that we're not going to get into the next house and have the same issue come up. So, you know, at what, point, at what point do we uh, settle and go from there? Um, I think if everybody's having upfront conversations about it and pulling elephants into the room to get past it, um, a lot of times these deals come together still in, in a very fair way, um, mm -hmm. you know, and again, you know, we're talking, it does range in the deficiency. Is it, is it, are we talking tens of thousands of dollars or are we talking, you know, thousands of dollars at the end of the day, you are buying a, an expensive, uh, expensive, uh, you know, asset product asset. So, yeah. you know, yeah. a variance of five or 10 or even 15 grand is not, not out of, you know, out of a, a normal conversation, depending on the price. So. Um, and I want, I want to, I want to leave, I want to leave you guys with this, right? Um, as well, and our listeners too, because as, as a real estate agent, at Engel and Volker's were advisors. As a real estate advisor, our job is to look after the consumers, look after, um, you know, look after everybody. And you're both absolutely right. The fact that the market is super competitive. And you're right. If you want to win offers, unfortunately, you have to bid up over. Um, asking, right? And a lot of consumers are getting nervous about the market, where it is, the price points, is it going to fall, yada, yada, yada. Well, we don't see any indications of that. So I want our listeners to know that all of us, our advisors, our Eggle Bulkers, and our auxiliary team, our lenders, movement mortgage, our attorneys over at uh, Tapuzis and Associates, we are all um, working together to make sure if the property is not safe, if the property is, is, is let's just say, uh, not a great purchase, meaning it's a property that might be the largest home in the area and the other homes might be bringing the value down. If it's not a long-term investment, if somebody looks to be in and out in a certain time, they're not going to get um, a, a possible return. Uh, or whatever it is, we're looking at and hashing out all of these things and discussing it with our clients. Today alone, we took somebody out of a purchase sales agreement because the seller was just way too strong or arming them and it was not good overall for our buyers. So listen, there's a lot going on. It's a very tough market right now for buyers. Very, very tough market for buyers. So when you are working to purchase I want to make sure you got the right people behind you. And again, check out rimortgageguy.com. Go get your pre-approval. And you can also check out, uh, uh, Ted, throw your website out there. I got to know that. Yeah, sure. It's um, taclosinglaw.com. You know, I was going to say. www.taclosinglaw.com. Awesome. Good stuff. So Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. I'd like to thank you being here. Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you very much. Thanks, Amelia. You're Appreciate welcome. It. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on WHJJ 104.7 FM and also 920 AM here on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Engel and Volker. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? 
us is Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. Let me tell you something. It is exciting out there right now because we are getting back more and more closer and closer to normal. The restaurants are packed. There's live entertainment. Things are going well. So you're going to want to check out riblogger.com and find out all those spots that you may not know about in all those places and events that you have missed. Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Uh, Absolutely. What's happening? Speaking of, well, speaking of exploring Rhode Island, um, every Friday until October 29th, which gives you lots of time, you can join um, Experience Rhode Island Tours for the opportunity to, quote unquote, tour Rhode Island in a day, which obviously is not too hard because it's so little. Um, but you can find out what makes Rhode Island so great. It's 48 miles long and 37 miles wide. Uh, you yes. look for the villages, lighthouses, mansions beaches, historic Providence, Colonial Wixford, Newport, and um, some of Rhode Island's best main streets. You'll get the chance to stop for fresh seafood and an old-fashioned ice cream cabinet. And it's from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Friday, so you get to, you know, cram all of Rhode Island into into one day, which is great because I know, I, I know me, I'm like a true Rhode Islander. I don't really travel that far. So, you know, to go all over Rhode Island in one day would be a great experience. April 24th, Palmham Rock Lighthouse 5K and 10K um, will be starting at Larissa Park. You can celebrate their 150th jubilee of Palmham Rock's Lighthouse, um, and you can help raise money for the historic landmark. It's a 5K walk-run, and that starts at 8.30, and it winds through the scenic neighborhoods, and then the 10K run is at 8 a.m. And you can also choose to participate virtually or in person. So either way, if you're looking to um, participate in a community run, and to make a difference, then that's for you. You can do it either way. You can do it on your own or you can do it with a group. Saturday, April 24th from six to nine. This sounds really fun too. You can head to Providence Marriott for the Dinner Detective Interactive Murder Mystery Show. Um, it's America's largest interactive murder mystery comedy show. You'll enjoy a hilarious whodunit type dinner um, while you feast on great food. The culprit will be hiding somewhere in the audience and, you know, you never know, you may become a prime suspect. So those are always fun and, you know, a new way, good date night or good friend night out, family night out, just something different. As you mentioned, if you're looking for live music, um, the 80s returns to the last resort with Sherman High at 9 p.m. Um, weather permitting, that's also April 24th, and the band will take you back to the 80s plus a bunch of new classics. So, you know, it's nice to see these indoor and outdoor venues opening up too and just really getting out and hearing some music that we've been missing for so long. And last but not least, uh, Thursday, April 22nd, you can celebrate Earth Day at Roger Williams Park Zoo from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, they'll be doing a party for the planet, and you'll be able to learn how you can protect and promote um, a healthy habitat in your own backyard. And personally, I brought my daughter the other day. I didn't know they had a sloth at the rainforest. Um, exhibit, which was really great, and I think we've already mentioned that Asian Lantern Spectacular is ongoing right now, um, I believe until the 4th of July, so there's a lot to do there, and you know, it's great to support all the work that they do for preservation and to help the animals. Good stuff, and if you want to check it out, you can go ahead and go to riblogger.com and see all of that right away. Again, riblogger.com. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Have a great week. You're welcome. You too. Yeah. All right. On the line with us is my favorite home inspector. That's Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. He's the first home inspector I ever hired. 
been working with them ever since eight years in and more i can't believe that and uh you can check them out at homeinspectorri.com that website's full of great information homeinspectorri.com and i suggest you follow him on social media as well a lot of great content. Mike, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I definitely appreciate it. And uh, yeah, the, the more times you introduce me and I realize how long we've been doing this together, the uh, the more I realize why uh, I got a little bit of gray hair coming in the beard there. So yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's a tough gig being a home inspector because there's just so much to get, so much to do, so much to see in a home, so much to inspect. And there's only so much time in a day. So when someone is looking to choose a home inspector, oftentimes, you know, our clients, they, they trust who we have in our network. Everybody does very well. They're all reputable. You know, they, they do right by our, our clients. Um, simply that's why they're in our network and that's why we're in their network. But Mike, sure. if let's just say if, you know, I was a consumer and I didn't have an Emilio or Engel and Volkers or Despirito team, you know, helping to point me in the right direction. How would I know? What would I do? How would I qualify? Who would be the right home inspector for me? That's a great question. And uh, we get lots of calls and, and, and we have customers that, that hire us for home inspections that maybe didn't use us on a previous purchase and, and realize that, you know, we're all not the same. So what I would say is when you as a customer now are looking around to decide what home inspector I'm going to choose, um, I would say, number one, you got to start with the bare minimum. You got to use a licensed home inspector. It is a licensed profession, both in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And even though you might really love your Uncle Bob or your dad, who's a contractor, they're not really trained to go through a house the way that uh, a professional full time home inspector is trained to do it. So you still want to get somebody who's licensed in this profession who knows how to find defects and anticipate repairs that you're going to have so that you can know. Can I buy and maintain this house or not? So bare minimum, pick somebody who's licensed to do this. Uh, that information is easily, you know, obtainable online through through the state um, departments that that license those fields. So definitely find a licensed guy. Um, if you don't use a licensed guy, even if your relative or friend or husband is really keen and great at things, you still may have trouble if you try to negotiate defects found. Um, without using a licensed guy with a seller. So it, it may still not be as helpful, even if the guy's really good at it. So choose somebody with a license. Yep. Second, um, have a conversation with the home inspector. Go to their website. Do they, uh, do they have, like you were saying, do they have stuff they post online, social media stuff, so that you can see, like, this guy's a real person. This is just not some corporate entity that, um, that, that I'm going to be able to work well with. Look at a sample of their report if it's available. We put ours online because we're, we're proud of what we do. Um, so you want to make sure that you're going to get the right product. Um, and, and then just talk to the guy. Call him up and have a conversation. We get customers all the time that ask us about the process. So that way we can walk them through what to expect and, you know, what home inspections are and what they're not. And uh, that way that, you know, they, they know what's there. They can ask questions. Sometimes it's just not a good fit for one reason or another. And, you know, you want to choose somebody that you're going to, that you're going to work well with. You want somebody that's going to not just give you a list of things that are broken. You want context with it. So make sure your home inspector is going to be able to provide that. What, what good is it if I tell you 75 things are broken in this house, but I don't help you determine, are they major items? Are they minor items? Are some of these DIY things? Are some of these really dangerous or really expensive? 
Um, are some of these going to cause a lot of damage if you let them go? Or are some of these things that um, really nothing's going to get worse, it's just broken, but it's not going to ruin anything or hurt anybody? You've got to give it some context as to what the deal is, because a lot of people just don't know about houses. So you want to get all this information when you're looking around at different home inspectors. And I mean, I hate to say this, but the, one of the last things that you really need to look at, frankly, is, is price, because even the most expensive home inspector isn't going to be crazy expensive. But when you're looking around and you see somebody like, like our company, we bring out two licensed guys. We have a 90-day warranty. We're licensed. We're insured. We answer questions. We take the time with the customers to really educate them while we're doing our inspection, not just find a list of broken things. But we're, you know, one of our things that we, that, that we use as a selling point is our expertise. Um, if, you, if you use a guy that maybe doesn't have that and their selling point is price, you may not get the quality that you need. And frankly, if you choose a, a home inspector who is, you know, um, their, their only selling point is we're cheap, um, you may find yourself in a bit of a pickle if, uh, you know, if you got a subpar inspection. So yeah. certainly ask guys what they charge and make sure that you can, you, you can swing it. But, you know, folks that are a little bit more price conscious are probably the folks that really should try to, to, to save money somewhere else and find somebody that's going to do a great job for them. Agreed. And, you know, there's one other thing, too, that, that you didn't mention on that, that really good list, Mike, and that is simply um, you're going to want to choose a home inspector that the other real estate agents know and respect, because unfortunately, you know, in every field, there's people that shouldn't be in it. Just, you know, every field. Right. And there's 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 some home inspectors that go in and they just look to substantiate their fee or destroy deals or do whatever and they don't sit there and educate the um you know their buyers and one of the reasons why i've always worked with you mike is because time and time again when you're walking through properties especially with first-time buyers you're explaining everything and you're explaining not only you know the defects on everything and how they can be remedied and this and that but you're also explaining how things work. I learned how a boiler works through you. You know, like I followed you around like a puppy dog when I first started to learn the ins and outs of how a home is built, how it works, the structure. So I can't tell you how valuable that information is because I've, I've used it my entire career. Never mind how homeowners feel at ease when you're walking them through. And realtors see that when they know you're walking through. The property so there's another that, good that's point. definitely that's true and, and th thank you for telling uh putting that out there on the air um but um yeah you, you want to educate people and you just you just want to be honest with them but yeah there are some some people that are that are in the industry that are out there inspecting houses and uh you know you know listen i've, I've written things about houses that have made people not buy houses before no secret it happens we find stuff that's a surprise and people say you know what this ain't the house for me and that's okay the house is for somebody else. Totally fine. But I don't walk around like, like it's a badge of honor that, you know, that nobody buys a house because every house is terrible. I mean, that's not what we're about. We're just about giving people an accurate picture of the house. You know, I, you can't go through and, and make everything, uh, you know, yellow highlighter, uh, end of the world type of thing. Cause if, if you do that, then, then, you know, you're not, you're not doing your customer justice. And I feel like, you're right. You know, the, a lot of the agents that are experienced, they, they know we're out there. They know that we're not making stuff up and they know that, you know, we're just going to give an honest evaluation of the house. But going out there intentionally to kind of try to 
trying to make deals fall apart so that you can seem like you're super knowledgeable. That's, that's not, that's really not what the industry should be about, but there are guys that do that. And, and they, they kind of, they kind of wear it like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I mean, I, every house gets ripped apart with me. All right. Well, fine. Um, but that's, that's not what you're here for. You're not here to prevent people from buying houses. You're just here to make sure that when people do buy houses, they know exactly what they're buying and how it works. Absolutely. You can check Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections out at homeinspectorri.com. Mike's also a veteran, which we love. We love to hire veterans. Um, so thank you, Mike, for your service. And thank you for all thank that you. you do. You're welcome. Homeinspectorri.com, the top rated choice of the uh, Despirito team and Engel and Walkers. Good stuff, Mike. Thanks for the information. Enjoy your day. Don't work too hard, man. Take a day off once in a while, please. We're, we're considering a day off sometime next year, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Good stuff. Thanks again, man. All right, have a great day. Thanks. Bye. You too. You're welcome. All right, awesome show today. I would like to thank Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage, rimortgageguy.com. Check him out. Get pre-approved. Ask any questions you need. Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. He's an actual real estate attorney that focuses only on real estate in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. Check him out at taclosinglaw.com. Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections at homeinspectorri.com. Jennifer Jaber at riblogger.com. Check her out. She's got the top five events here happening in Rhode Island all of the time, updated regularly. And uh, of course, if I can be of any help for you, you can check us out. Uh, just Google Despirito team or Emilio Despirito or whatever you want to do. We're going to pop up all over the place. Engel and Volkers, Rhode Island. We're going to pop up for you guys. And if you choose to call us, 401-217-2333. Again, 401-217-2333. I'm Emilio Desperado. I'm signing off. God bless you and enjoy your wonderful weekend. Take care. We'll see you next week on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Engel and Volkers.